Chad and Jay Mansbridge here, lead pastors of Bayside Church International, based here on the south coast of South Australia. Our great passion as a church is to help people to know Jesus and to demonstrate His love, truth and life in everything that we do. We hope you enjoy today's message. Mother's Day is, uh, is uh, one of those peculiar days for us, a little bit like a long weekend. There's a lot of people away, g'day man. A lot of people away. Uh, doing their mum things and getting away to town and, and whatever. And uh, otherwise, uh, we've also got visitors here for baby dedications or whatever reason. So uh, whyever you're here, it's great to have you in our home. And as Jay said earlier, uh, stay back and have a coffee with us later. Mums get one for com- complimentary and take advantage of my couch. Um, don't lie down on it. We uh, don't, don't do counselling here. Uh, it's, for, it's for photos. Okay, it's for photos. Very good. Well, if you don't know me, my name's Chad. I had the privilege of being part of the leadership group here and I also had the privilege of sharing... Briefly today, for Mother's Day. Yes, yes indeed. And mums, I'm not going to be speaking to you today. So you can put your feet up and relax. It's your day. Switch off, man. Just, just take it easy. Take it easy. I was uh, working on my book uh, quite intensely in the last couple of weeks, coming along very nicely right towards the end. And I was reading through a chapter in there where I referenced a Mother's Day message I brought seven years ago where I said exactly that. I said to the mums, listen, turn the chair around in front of you, put your feet up and relax because I'm going to be speaking to the men in the room today. And uh, as I read that last week or the week before, I thought, ooh, that might like a good meal, might be worth something reheating and, uh, and having a look at again. And then last week, Izzy was here. How many of you liked Finny and Izzy last weekend? We had a great time with them and Finn spoke for the first 20 minutes and he mentioned something about uh, seeking advice from different people in your life. He brought a message about not just struggling alone but struggling together and said how in his life one of the people that he draws on are professional people like psychologists and counsellors and Izzy said one of the best things about a psychologist is they help you to be self-aware and I thought well that sounds so much like a mum. Be self-aware. Look at yourself, you know, look at yourself, look in the mirror before you leave the home, you know, that type of thing that we, uh, we saw earlier. And so I thought I'd combine these two things today, speak from the book of, book of Proverbs and look at a mother's wisdom, a mother's wisdom today uh, and encourage you, as a mother would do, to be self-aware. But before we do that, I want to turn to the opening of the book of Proverbs and uh, read the opening passage. We're going to go basically top and tail today. I'm going to be reading the first bit of Proverbs and then the very last bit. And uh, that'll be it for, uh, for today in time for Mother's Day lunch. Amen? <laughs> of course. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 1 says this, The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, the king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, For receiving instruction in prudent behaviour, for doing what is right, just and fair. For giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning. And let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings of the riddles of the wise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Whenever you open the Bible and you start to read something, one of the first things you need to do to make sense of it is to work out who the author and the audience is. Well, we're told right from the outset that the author of this body of work, or at least the man responsible for collating it, is a man called King David's son. He was a governor, he was a leader, 
Uh, he was a son before he was a father, and he was grew up in a royal family. This every proverb in here is not necessarily written by Solomon, but he certainly was the one credited for collating them. So that's who we're reading about, Solomon. This is around about a thousand BC in rough figures. Okay, who's the audience of this book? Next verse. Listen, my son. To your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Even you know, two and a half thousand years ago, they were saying, "Listen to your mother." Okay, <laughs> do not forsake your mother's teaching. They are a garland to grace your neck and a chain to adorn your neck. My son, if sinful men entice you, do not give in to them. From the very first chapter, and as you continue to read over and over and over again, the immediate intended audience of this book of wisdom is Solomon's son. My son, listen to my wisdom. Billy, listen to dad's wisdom. Okay, listen to your mother. Listen, my son, to your wisdom. And over and over again, as you read the following chapters, he keeps saying, my son, my son, my son. Chapter two starts, my son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you. Chapter three, my son, do not forget my teaching. Chapter four, listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. Chapter five, my son, pay attention to my wisdom. Chapter six, my son, if you have put up security for your neighbor. Uh, my son, keep your father's command. Chapter seven, my son, keep my words and keep my store up my words within you. In chapter 10, he then says it this way, we just keep reading over and over. He then begins a whole bunch of Proverbs and he says, The Proverbs of Solomon, chapter 10, verse 1, A wise son brings joy to his father, but a foolish son brings grief to his mother. This is a whole collation of wisdom from a father and a mum to his son. And that does not change when you get to the very last chapter of Proverbs, chapter 31. But there is something significant that changes in chapter 31. The audience does not change. It's still written to a royal son. But the author of chapter 31 becomes the queen mother. After telling his son to listen to your mum, he then includes a mother's wisdom in the very last chapter of the book. Even Solomon was wise enough to give the last word to the woman in his life. So why don't we turn to chapter 31 and verse 1, and that's where I want to read from today. Chapter 31, a mother's wisdom to be self-aware. Chapter 31. The sayings of King Lemuel, an inspired utterance that his mother taught him. Listen, my son. Listen, son of my womb. Listen, my son, the answer to my prayers. Do not spend your strength on women, your vigor on those who ruin kings, after all, it is not for kings, Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine or rulers to crave beer, lest they drink and forget what's been decreed and therefore deprive the oppressed of their rights. Let beer be for those who are perishing, wine for those who are in anguish. Let them drink and forget their poverty and remember their misery no more. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up, judge fairly, defend the rights of the poor and needy. This is a poem, this is a passage, this is a collection of wisdom that King Lemuel, whoever he is, remembered his mother teaching him. And he writes this, his mother's wisdom, at the end 
of the book as this mother encourages her son to be self-aware. There is such a thing as a healthy self-awareness. Amen. There's such a thing as being self It's different to being self-conscious. Self-conscious is that nervousness. I wonder what people think. Wonder what people think. Oh, I better not say anything. I'm, self- I'm always conscious about what other people think of me. No, no, no. Self-awareness, as we'll see, starts by knowing who God sees you as being, and therefore your self-consciousness diminishes. If we've got, if you've got a self-consciousness issue, and we all do, I mean, we all know what it's like to feel self-conscious. One of the antidotes to that is to become more self-aware, as we'll see in a moment. Self-awareness is not about being self-obsessed, self-centered, or self-absorbed. We've all seen that. None of us want that. But there is such a thing as healthy self-awareness. And in this poem from this mum, she's writing to her son and saying, listen, just be aware of a few things about yourself. Be aware of your who, your what, your when, your why, your how. Be aware of who you are. Be aware of what your strengths and vulnerabilities are. Be aware of when you're at your best and when you are at your weakest. Be aware of how you respond under pressure and how you can respond, therefore, more appropriately. Know when to push away. Know when to push forward. Know how to operate at your best. A measure of self-awareness is actually a very healthy thing and a very wise thing. And that's what the mother of Proverbs 31 is wanting to share with her son. And so in this passage, I just want to bring out a few things today that I feel this mum would want to encourage us to be self-aware in. All right? Here we go. Be aware... Of your identities. Be aware of who you are. This passage started by saying, The oracles of the mother of King Lemuel. And I said, Well, who's that? Who's King Lemuel? Well, one of the running theories, and rabbis have thought this, Jewish rabbis have thought this for centuries, is that King Lemuel, which means devoted to God, is a nickname that Solomon's mum gave him. Name was Solomon. But growing up as a young boy, she had an affectionate nickname. We've all got nicknames for our kids, right? Especially boys. We can abbreviate their names. But she had an affectionate nickname for Solomon. Too many syllables, mate. Lemuel, much easier. She called him Lemuel. She called him devoted to God. And right at the start of this epic dialogue of wisdom, she wants him to know your mum loves you and you are from royal blood. Because she says to him, it's not for kings to do this and that. It's not for the royals to do this and that. I want you to know, mate, who you are. Be aware of your identities. Be aware of who you are. Because when you know who you are, then you know how to act and respond in life. The New Testament constantly encourages us in our identity in a New Testament uh, paradigm. Paul The apostle is famous for this, answering the all-important question, who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? Uh, Jesus came along and said, your dad is God the Father or the devil, when he was talking to the Pharisees. Okay, (laughs) Know who your daddy is. Paul comes along and says, your daddy is Abraham. This is the heritage that you have as a people of faith. Equally so, he also wanted the Christian community to know who their mother was. Because in Galatians, he says, you are not from... Hagar, but you are from Sarah. Know your mum. Know who you are. Over and over again, the apostles, beginning with Jesus himself, wants God's people to know their identities and to embrace that calling in their life. 
Let's take this mother's wisdom and know before she told him what to do, she told him who he was. You're my boy. You're Lemuel. You are royal blood. You are a king. We parent our kids, tell them what to do or tell them who they are. That kind of behaviour does not fit who you are. Know who you are because you are greater than that kind of behaviour. We are to understand and be aware of our identities. The second thing she wants him to know is to be aware of his priorities. Be aware of his priorities. She says to him, it is not for a king to expend your efforts on women. Yet in the last verse, she says, make sure you speak up for those who don't have a voice. Would that include women? Absolutely. But know your priorities. There are certain people in your world that don't deserve the attention of others. There are certain priorities. All of us, one of the great realisations of a mature person is to know we all have limited resources, governments too, We all have limited time, limited effort, limited energy. We need to learn the art of prioritising. There are certain women you better give your attention to, boy. You speak up on behalf of those who do not have a voice. But there are certain women that will bring you to ruin. Don't spend your time on them. And you can change those genders. It's the same thing. There are certain men. Just don't bother giving your time to. There are certain men... Other way around. There are certain men, don't bother giving your time to, you need to prioritise. Even Jesus prioritised time differently with the people that followed him. Even Jesus demonstrated what it meant to say, I have boundaries in my life and a wisdom that says I need to give more time, effort and energy to that than I do to that. This mother wanted her son to know there's a lot of complexity in life, mate, and one of the things you need to know is how to prioritise. Trust God for the wisdom to prioritise, know your priorities. Heard me say before, often one of the great challenges as Christians is not to judge between good, doing the good, a good thing or doing a bad thing. That's really easy. That's a bit of a no-brainer. You do the good thing, okay? That's not a challenge. The challenge is knowing in the good thing, there is good, better and best. That's sort of the challenge we often face. Choosing between good and bad is easy. But choosing between good, better and best is an issue of priority. And this is where much of our challenge lies. You can do it. You can be a discerning person that knows how to prioritise. Be aware of what your priorities are, how you spend your time. Number three, be aware, she goes on to say, of your vulnerabilities. Of your vulnerabilities. She talks there about two issues that are common in the male world, uh, not exclusive, but common, of, well, I think we used to say wine, women and song. And so she begins by saying, don't give your time to certain women and don't give your time to certain drinking habits. Okay, because that's also not fitting. Uh, Now, of course, she's not saying that uh, wine and women are wrong in and of themselves. Of course not. Jesus' first miracle was turning water into wine. Jesus spent a lot of time with women. But as you read, and this is why we always read context, you know, never just take three, uh, one verse on its own. She says, listen, if you give yourself to a lifestyle of drinking, when it comes to making serious decisions, you're not going to be able to. Because your job is to decree justice and remember 
the decrees that you need to do to do your job well. So it's not alcohol or no alcohol. That's not, no, that's not the issue. The issue is a lifestyle of, what's the word we're up to? Ah, vulnerabilities. That's where I was going. Vulnerabilities is about understanding there's certain areas of weakness that we might have you need to give special attention to. And I don't, we know in Solomon's life he had a bit of a weakness for the ladies. And it probably came from his dad. Some of us, by temperament and by our upbringing, have certain vulnerabilities that other people just don't have in the same measure. And you need to be aware of your vulnerabilities. Some of us have very addictive personalities. It's easy to throw ourselves into something and get quite addicted. For you, uh, the addictive things, you need to be more careful. You have a vulnerability there that is more so than the person next to you. It's like being, having a physical condition. You might have a vulnerability against certain types of food, sugar and other things. That you just think, well, the person next to me doesn't. Well, that's, that's because you're unique. We all have our unique vulnerabilities. And I wonder whether this queen mother, which, by the way, her name was Bathsheba. This is Bathsheba talking, saying, listen, mate, I understand some of the vulnerabilities that you have uh, that may even come from your family background, be aware of your vulnerabilities. Be aware of your potential weaknesses and admitting that you have vulnerabilities is a very good thing. Understanding that may be different to others, that's fine, but be aware of your vulnerabilities. Fourthly, she asks him to be aware of his responsibilities. She says, listen, mate, you've got a duty to speak up for the oppressed. You've got a duty to make good decisions. You've got a duty to speak for those who do not have a voice. Be aware of your responsibilities. Personal fulfilment is often found in taking hold of the responsibilities that you have. It's one of the reasons that um, Jordan Peterson has become such a phenomena, particularly with men in the young men in the last couple of years. Because he's come along and he's said to young men, you have responsibilities you need to pick up and your life's fulfilment and meaning is never going to come by picking up victimhood or picking up uh, blame or picking up uh, anger. Your life's fulfilment is going to come when you pick up responsibility. So he says rule number one in life is to stick your chest out and put your shoulders back and take responsibility. And it is generating incredible momentum with young men who just want someone on their side like a mum would say, it is good to say to young people, take responsibility, it's good for you. It is good for you. There's something about this mum saying to her boy, you've got a job to do on this planet, mate. You've got responsibilities and there's a great sense of meaning that comes as we fulfil those responsibilities. Be aware, first and foremost, of who you are, your identities. Be aware, secondly, of your priorities in life because we all have competing priorities for our time, effort and energy, money and emotional strength and everything else. Be aware of your vulnerabilities. Your potential weaknesses are different to other people. Be aware of your specific responsibilities. There are things that you are called to do that only you can do. But the good news is with every responsibility comes a capability. God does not give you a responsibility without giving you the ability to perform it. And so know what your abilities are. She says to him, speak up, judge fairly, Speak up for the destitute, uh, um, defend the rights of the poor and needy. My son, you have tools in your hand to do the job that you are capable and able of doing. You have tools that others do not. You have 
a grace to fulfill the calling that you have got. You have a skill set. You have experience. You have wisdom that others don't have. Be aware of what you can do. Then God comes to Moses and Moses is like, what do I do? And God famously says to him, what is in your hand? What is in your hand? I've got this red sea. How do I cross it? I've told you to cross it. How? What's in your hand? I'm not going to call you to do something without giving you the ability. You have what it takes in your hand. This mum wants her boy to know you have special abilities. Make sure you draw on them and you're aware of your skill set. And sometimes that takes a bit of self-evaluation. I did this last year, six to nine months ago. I had a big walk on Goolwa Beach. And I'm like, what am I good at? What do I enjoy doing? What can I do? I've got Dr. Ray's voice in my head saying, you've got to do your best do, not your can do, Chad. (laughs) All right, Doc. If that was Scottish, it's actually Irish, but I always get them mixed up. (laughs) Sounded more like Malcolm's dad. (laughs) So I go for a big walk and I'm like, what do I enjoy doing? And there's certain things that... I have certain vulnerabilities that some of you don't have. I'm aware of them. But there's also certain strengths and abilities that I have that I need to give my focus to my best do's. It's good to have an evaluation every now and again. Be aware of the abilities that you have. And lastly, she finishes off this epic word of wisdom to her son by saying this. Be aware, not only of your identities, your priorities, your vulnerabilities, your responsibilities and your abilities. Lastly, mate, be aware of your besties. Be aware of who your besties are because it is on the back of this advice that she then launches into the famous wife of noble character poem. A poem that was not written to a daughter to tell the daughter what she needs to be like a poem that was written to a son to say, be aware of that incredible woman you have in your life. Be aware of your besties. As we continue to read, we are still reading a mother's advice to her son. Verse 10. A wife of noble character, who can find? Not who can be her, but who can find her? What kind of man gets a woman like this? She's worth far more than rubies. Her husband, my son, has full confidence in her and therefore he lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life, selects wool and flax, works with eager hands like the merchant ships bringing foods from afar. She gets up while it's night, provides food for her family and portions for her female servants, considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. She sees that her trading is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grabs the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor, extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. Pay attention. Do you know your wife's doing this, boy? Are you aware of what your wife's doing? Are you aware of the kind of value your wife has? Let me tell you about your wife. When it snows, she have no fear. What are we up to? When it snows, she has no fear for a household. All of them are clothed in scarlet or mustard. She makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gates. 
where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. What kind of boy do you need to be to bring the best out of you? You need to be the type of man that, sit, that takes your place. It's respectable. Takes your place as the city gator, as the leader. And this will bring out the best in that Proverbs 31 woman you already have in your home. She makes linen garments and sells them, supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity and can laugh at the days to come, and probably her husband as well. She speaks with wisdom. Faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and doesn't eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also praises her. Her husband praises her. Many women, he says, do noble things. I'm not blind. I can see other women. I'm aware of what other ladies are doing. Many women. There's many great women out there. But, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. A woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honour her for all her hands have done and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. Who's sitting there at the city gate? So this mum closes this great passage of wisdom to her son. saying, make sure you're aware of your besties. Make sure you're aware of your children, what's happening in your home. Make sure you remain a one-woman man. Yeah, I can see other women around. But, but, be aware of what you have in your home. And don't take it for granted. Mums, I have nothing to say to you this morning. Except thanks. Kids, dads, husbands, daughters. See, include you ladies too, daughters. Let me encourage you with some mother's wisdom today. Be self-aware. This week, be aware of your identities. Who am I? Know that you can stick your chest out knowing who I am. I am royalty. Because of God is my father. Jesus is my... I'm from a royal family. That's who I am. Be aware of your responsibilities. Trust God to give you wisdom, sorry, your priorities, to prioritise your many responsibilities this week. Be aware of your vulnerabilities. Don't be afraid to know what your vulnerabilities are. Be aware of your responsibilities, your abilities, and make sure you pay attention to the besties, those who are closest to you in your home. Because if you look after these things, you'll make every day a happy Mother's Day for your mum. And that's not my advice. That's the advice of a royal mother. And so we close with this. Listen to your mum. I hope you've enjoyed today's message. Remember to check us out at baysidechurch.org.au. And of course, if you're ever in the area, please pop in and say good day.